Hi, this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I just want to talk about a couple of things I have up on the blog page. First, I want to mention that I have a review of Miracle Fighters. This is a 1982 sort of martial arts comedy film, uh, and it's 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 the ba- film that the uh, the Thousand Faces of Dunja is based on. So, or is supposed to be a remake of. It's it's a remake of that and the series of films that. Uh, that followed. So I'm going to be reviewing those films leading up to my review of Thousand Faces of Dunja. And, you know, we'll get into that later, but you can check it out on the podcast. And I'll try to link it in this one if I if I remember. Um, but on the blog page, I put up the Journey to the South book and the War of Swarming Beggars book. Now, I did this and I explained this in the War of Swarming Beggars introduction, where I'm going to have to uh, wind down some of the, the writing that I've been doing, mainly for health reasons. And, you know, I'm not dying or anything like that, but I have a chronic illness that is getting worse and it's limiting my ability to write. So I'm going to have to decrease the amount of writing I'm doing. I, I'm I'm still perfectly able to do the podcast, as you can tell, and I'm, you know, because that's largely I watch a movie and I talk about it. Uh, the writing is just much more labor intensive and getting more difficult. And uh, I don't want to get into too much detail, but my coordination is getting uh, affected, and that's affecting my writing. So, um, so anyways, the uh, and I've talked about that in the past. So, you know, if you, you can you can go back and see where I've covered the health issues. But I just wanted to be clear with people because I didn't want uh, I didn't want people to be waiting forever for this stuff. So, what I decided to do is put it up on the blog because I figured. I can still, you know, I have all this material. I can, I can just start putting it up in the blog, and people will have access to it, which is kind of the important thing. So, so the War of Swimming Beggars was 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 a um, was a was a book that was originally intended as a um, as sort of a setting supplement slash adventure, and it is still that because I pretty much I, I got about I don't know seventy or eighty percent of the way through maybe. But, Somewhere, somewhere in that zone, I, I, I got, I, 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 it was, it was pretty robust, and it was really a question of do I, do I start paring this down so it's smaller and like a hundred pages, or do I expand on it so it gets to the hundred ninety page size, and I think I was going to go to the latter because some of the chapters, like the D chapter, just seemed to demand more growth. So, uh, so anyways, it's it's sort of a, an adventure set around a sect war, and there's a gazetteer that is focused around the area where the sect war is taking place. And that's really kind of the most interesting chapter, I think. That's chapter four, which is the people and places of the river. And a lot of the other stuff is just kind of supplementary material to that, NPCs that are expanded upon in a later chapter or objects. But there's also chapter five, which is the city of D. And that, I think, is quite interesting. Uh, The city of D is something that just, when I introduced it in my own campaign, it really was, was, I don't know, I, I really found myself excited about it and it, it it's it would have been much bigger so this is a um this is more of a glimpse of what was likely to come but i did hash out a lot of the npcs a lot of the groups the map uh again is my mapping style is very vague so when i hire a mapper things are much more complete but i tend to have a suggestive way of making my maps because they're for my own purposes. So I'll draw a bunch of houses for like the lower quarter of the city and I'll just assume they exist in the north and I won't actually put them there. And that's kind of what happened with the D map. So if you see that, just understand there are houses in the northern section of the map. I just didn't, you know, I just didn't put them down because I assumed for my own purposes. So, uh, 
so again, the War of Soaring Beggars, it's also got a whole section on how to run the Sect War, which you can take as much or as little of that as you want. That's kind of how I imagine that chapter being used. I often go in and out. I'll sometimes grab really deep sections of that and use the whole thing. Sometimes I'll just sort of take whatever tools work for the moment that I'm that I'm that, that's going on at the table. And sometimes I'll use that really light version that I put at the end. So I just see these as tools. I don't see these as requirements for procedures that GM has to follow. The main point is to to really get the GM thinking about how to manage a sect war. And how I manage it might not be how you would do it. In fact, I imagine most people would do things very differently. So uh, I would just say, look at that chapter, take what tools you can. If any seem too ornate, pare them down. If any seem like they need more expansion, expand on them. That's that's always sort of been my approach to this. I don't imagine that everybody's going to do this 100% the way I do things. Um, but I do think there are some interesting ideas in there because I've run a lot of these kinds of campaigns. And, and, and obviously, I've watched a lot of these kinds of movies and read a lot of these kinds of books. So I think I have a good handle on what can make for an interesting sect war. And, you know, this was one where I was really striving for that killer clans type movie. I, like, I really wanted it to be something where the players felt what... It, because I don't, if you guys haven't seen Killer Clans, it's kind of like the godfather of wuxia movies. It's uh, it's based on a, on a Gulong story, and it's 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 all about it's all about this this really dire clan war. That's really I mean, it really feels like The Godfather. In fact, there's a character in it that that is essentially Luca Brasi. There's all you know. It, it's it, it obviously goes in its own direction, but it's it's definitely got a Godfather vibe to it, and. Uh, and again, I think that's one of these examples of sort of cross-genre pollinization. Um, but that's what I was going for here. And so, and you'll see that we're going to revisit this. Uh, I mentioned in the in the blog post that one of the things that I'm trying to do is really focus on these two books that I'm working on right now. And I don't know what's going to happen after that. I don't know if we'll be getting to the uh, Profound Masters book or if I'm going to have to really wind things down and release that on the on the blog page. But uh, but the Lady 87 book that I'm working on is going to take a lot of these elements and really crank them up. And that I will be releasing in print because what I've decided to do is just devote myself to to these two books that I'm working on. So the War of Swirling Beggars is sort of the first iteration of what I was trying to do there. And Lady 87 is like another approach that I'm taking for a similar type of concept. Um, so, I you know, so again... You know, I, I check it out. It's on the blog page. It's free. And I also have the Journey to the South book. And I have to say, the Journey to the South book, I'm not as happy with the final result because I didn't really get that into it like I did with the War of Swimming Beggars. I would have if I, uh, you know, if I had continued to work on it. Uh, so it's really much more of just kind of a brief overview of where I was aiming for with, with the Southern Lands. And there's a lot of stuff I would have wanted to add. Uh, but I just, again, I'm focused on these two books, so I'm not gonna, I, I, I basically decided I'm just going to put out what I have. I'm not gonna go in there and really crank it up. So, uh, so, you know, again, if you want a sense of what happens south of Haiyan in the setting, the journey to the south book will give you that. And what that really is, is it's my journey to the west. It's, 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 it's how I, uh, allow for mythic adventure in the setting, the further south you go, the less influence the enlightened goddess has, and the more influence you have of all these really bizarre 
you know, monstrous deities and, and fallen gods and spirited beasts. And so it's, it's, you know, there are things that I describe specifically in there, but the way it's meant to be used is I imagine the GM will make up their own journey to the West type encounters in that region. Like you could literally randomly choose chapters from journey to the West and, and start making adventures for, you know, like each hex on the map. And I think you actually have enough chapters in that book to cover the hexes because there's a it's like four volumes and I, I don't even remember the number of chapters but it's quite long um and each chapter is kind of like an episode it's almost like if you ever watch those old movies where characters adventure from week to week and you know they're always someplace new with a with a new monster or a new creature to face it's it's that kind of story with sort of a, a beginning section that's sort of its own thing and an ending section of its own thing but the metal is largely this sort of episodic uh, uh, you know, sequence of encounters during their, their journey. So, so yeah, so again, uh, that's that, those are both on the blog. The, the war swimming beggars is the first one. And that's, I think eight chapters with an intro and journey of the South is just two chapters. I was going to release it as three, but I realized I can just sort of combine everything. And so I'm going to continue to do stuff like that. Uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see how it goes. Uh, you know, basically what I'm envisioning is people can use the blog page as, you know, a campaign supplement for their game. So if you need if you need some adventure material or whatever, just go to the blog page and it's there. And I do occasionally reference the Wandering Heroes of Vogelgate book and the Tournament of Daolu book. But the reason why I do that is those are both pay what you want. So I feel like people can get them for free. Like like occasionally, rather than repeat something that was statted out in Tournament of Daolu, I'll reference it and just say, see that page. But you can get it for free, so it's not like you have to pay. It's not behind a paywall or anything, um, and so so uh, so you know these these uh, and I think that the journey to the south has a lot of connective tissue to the um, to the tournament of Dalu, at least the opening chapter of tournament of Dalu. So so yeah, so again, that's that's what's up, and uh, I I did I I I decided to do this uh, podcast recording because I got a lot of messages from people after. I made the War of Swarming Beggars introduction post and I just wanted to make sure people understood I'm not dying. I'm not like, you know, I'm not, at least I hope I'm not dying. Um, but I'm just, I'm just getting to the point where I'm going to have to sort of switch gears uh, and probably slow things down. I will still be writing. I'm just going to be more selective in what I write. And, uh, and, and I'm going to be probably putting up a lot more free content on the blog page just to, you know, because uh, I have a lot of material that isn't going to make it into books, but I can still do something with. And so those won't usually be as extensive as the War of Swimming Beggars or Journey to the South. They'll probably just be individual posts of like tables and things like that. Uh, so, so yeah. So um, also this Friday, we have another episode of Wusha Weekend, and that is going to cover uh, the Curse of the Golden Flower. Uh, we're doing sort of a three-part of the Zhang Yimou you know, uh, sort of martial arts wuxia uh, films that he did. He did A Hero, House of Flying Daggers, and Curse of the Golden Flower. And one of the interesting questions about Curse of the Golden Flower is whether it's actually a wuxia movie or not, because I think by most people's uh, standards, it doesn't qualify. We're going to talk about this on Friday, but I think it's an interesting conversation because I was thinking about this, and I'm sure I'll talk about it on Friday, but I feel like by Zhang, Zhang Yimou's standards, by the by compare, relative to his other films... It is, but relative to most wuxia films, it is not. Um, it's sort of it's sort of more in the political intrigue realm. There's some fight scenes in it, but there aren't quite that many. 
and it I don't know it just doesn't doesn't quite feel like a like a lot of wuxia movie feel but I think again it's a very this is a very subjective thing I'm not very hard line about you know what is wuxia and what it needs to be uh I I'm I'm very cautious about um uh about treating it like it needs to be held in stasis all the time so uh you know I, I like you know like I said I kind of like the idea of more open uh, expansive views of genres than, you know, really sort of narrow views of them. And, uh, and so, uh, but I think it's an interesting discussion because it's definitely a movie. I think if you recommend it to somebody as a wuxia movie and they see it, they might come back to you and say, I don't think that was a wuxia movie. Um, or even if you just recommend it as a martial arts movie, they might come back and say, I don't think that was a martial arts movie. I think that the martial arts in it, though, stand out so much that it's, even though there isn't that much of it, it's worth, if you're just there for the fights, to watch those fight scenes. Um, there, there's, you know, the fight scene at the end, there's a, there's a, there's a big battle in the palace with, with an enormous number of, of armored guards and, and really brilliantly colored armor. I think it's like gold versus black or something. I'd have to watch it again to remember exactly. But that gave me the that that was very inspiring to me for how I envisioned the emperor in my own setting having his inner guards work when I when I developed the idea that yeah I, I developed it around that image from the curse of the golden flower of this emperor who has all these and in the movie he's a king he's not an emperor but uh, of this emperor who has all these you know massive numbers of, of elite guards and what that might what that what that could look like if you really visualized it so again a lot of people will describe it as gaudy i kind of like it I, I like the way it looks uh i think it's the weaker of the three films probably um but it's interesting and it's one that i'm always sort of going back and forth on and changing my opinion about uh so so yeah so uh again wuxia weekend i do want to mention because this has come up in conversation it's called wuxia weekend but it's really we cover uh you know 80 percent Wuxia. We, uh, uh, we, we leave room for ourselves to cover other genres we like, and that will generally include things like uh, modern Hong Kong action films. It'll, uh, you know, things like, um, you know, uh, A Better Tomorrow, stuff like that. But, but also, uh, you know, straight kung fu movies, uh, martial arts comedy, and, and, and even things like that get into slightly more dramatic territory that are, uh, um, you know, sort of like uh, a moment of romance type films, you know, I, and, and hopping vampire movies. I want, I want to, uh, you know, th th we're going to include stuff like that too, but that'll be like 20% of the content. Most of what we do, if you followed us from the beginning, is wuxia or on the cusp of wuxia and kung fu. Um, we tend to blur that line a little bit because I feel it's, I don't know, it's, it's a fine line at times, and I'd rather just not even quibble over over that detail too much of the time especially when a lot of the kung fu is taken from wuxia source material so so yeah so anyways we will be back on or i will be back on uh, on friday uh with with the rest of the group and i again uh i hope people like this stuff that, we, that i put out in the blog uh if, if there's any content that you especially want let me know i'll see what i can do um you know i'm uh, my, my main interest with, with, with the blog is making sure people, if I, if I can't put something out in a book, people at least will have access to it, or at least an explanation from me of how to, how to proceed with something if they're unclear. 
Uh, I'm happy to address that on the blog. So, so, all right. So I will let you go. And again, it's the Bedrock blog at Blogspot. And the podcast is the Bedrock podcast. And we have a, uh, a, a, a series on there called Wusha Weekend. And you, you can follow that over at Podbean. So, which presumably, unless you're, re- unless you're listening to this on the blog, presumably you already know where that is. So, all right. I will talk to you later and have a great day.